0: Log Talk Radio.
1: This is Patty Holstrand and this is Wad Radio and we're on live today. I know, we were just here yesterday, weren't we? <laughs> well, we're here to talk about Leprechaun coming up. And it's this weekend already. Yikes. And for those who don't know what Leprechaun is, <laughs> it's the premier sci-fi fantasy art show and convention. It's uh, obviously science fiction, fantasy, and your genre-related material, but we have a focus on art, and as such, we have several um, well-known guests of honor. For artists, we have Raymond Swallen who has worked for Wizards of the Coast for many years now. He's a freelance illustrator. Designed tour covers and other covers for books, including the Warhammer 40,000 books. Those gamers out there know what I'm talking about. And today we have a couple of special guests from the convention, and a man who who definitely knows about gaming, but he also knows about writing, Ken St. Andre. Ken, are you there?
2: Yes, I'm there. Uh, hi, Patty.
1: <laughs> How are you doing today?
2: Pretty good. Good. Um... Got a little bit of a cold, so if I uh, break off in paroxysms of uh, coughing, you know, just uh, Uh, mute it again, and I'll be back as soon as I can breathe.
1: (laughs) I, uh, you know, uh, I have several friends here the same way. Uh, They got bronchitis for the first time in their life, so, uh, you know, it's it's unusual that these uh, yeah, I think the the weather has been so weird, up and down. You know, first we have we're hot, and then we're we're pretty chilly, and then you have got this massive wind that just kick up all sorts of stuff. So my doctor think,
2: blamed it on the windiness.
1: Yeah, yeah, and, and I understand. I blame I blame it on the wind on the wind as well. So <laughs> no, we're all. It, I'm
2: really looking forward to Leprechaun this weekend.
1: Yeah, we've got some cool things going on. And uh, hopefully you got your schedule now.
2: <laughs> I do. I uh, uh, I looked it up again this morning. I did see it the first time, but, you know, um, <laughs> you I got simply so excited about everything.
1: Yeah. I, I said, well, I knew it was not attached to that particular message. And I said, well, I know he saw it. Um. <laughs> but you just got so excited about everything else we were doing that you just forgot about it. I know.
2: <laughs> you, you've got me talking gaming with all those Wizards of the Coast people. Um, I'm like their disloyal opposition.
1: Well, that would make it interesting. I'll try. I'll try. Okay. It, it'll make it interesting in the fact that you know you're you're interested in, in other types of gaming as well. And you're you're the man in the know. You know you know about these things.
2: Well, at least I'm in a good position to find out. Um, I sure have a lot of friends in gaming uh, who are doing uh, many important, exciting things, especially in role playing. And um, uh, there's so much going on in gaming that I can't keep up with it. I don't know anybody who can.
1: No, we're all I... going to have
2: to become gaming specialists uh, pretty soon.
1: Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, I've been trying to become a comic. Uh, you understand the comic book industry lately with uh, you know this free comic book day that was this weekend.
2: Did you yeah. see the blog I wrote about the free comic book day in
1: Phoenix? No, I will have to pull it out because uh, I've been getting some other people who have given me their two cents worth on what they they saw and what they liked and what they didn't like. Uh, so I'm putting that, kind of putting it all together uh, in the article I'm I'm putting together for the newspaper right now. So it's, uh, yeah, I'll have to t- take a look and see if I can, if you wanted to you know, pull out a couple of quotes, I'll, I'll, I'll include it, okay?
2: Oh, there's, there's no quotes worth mentioning. I just took pictures of what it was really like out there. Oh, good! And, and, good, and put those all up on you know a dot wordpress dot com.
1: Definitely, I'll if, if it's okay if I borrow some of your pictures. That'd be, I'll give you the credit. And uh, that sounds good. Some, yeah, <laughs> I used a new camera, and um, apparently, it's really touchy, and so most of my pictures were really fuzzy. I go, you know, here I went to four places. But I did get some good quotes. Uh, I, I talked to the owners, uh, bookstore owners, you know, the, the the comic book owners, and found out uh, you know, how well they're doing. Uh, they're doing better this year than they did last year, and last year apparently was a record. So uh, you know, there's that industry knows what it's doing. So that's I wish yep. the rest, hope the rest of us do. <laughs> And books, is kind of uh, hit and miss lately.
2: I don't of... know. I mean, why would you read ordinary books when you can read graphic novels instead? Yeah. Uh, now I just have I to find uh, an artist who uh, draws incredibly quickly and will turn all my written words into uh, illustrated stories, and uh, uh, I'll have it made.
1: There you go yeah and i know a couple of them that are pretty quick but i am not sure what uh whether or not the again it's it's a matter of style it's uh, what what is that person's style compared to you know what you're looking for But in his interview he's, he said that he's got a lot of people who come up to him and and, and say oh you you should try you know my uh my work out and and he says but you don't you don't draw on my style you know it's this is not Wizard of the coast style and so that's and that's the thing that people you know the artists need to remember is that, is that you have your own style, and that doesn't mean that it's Wizard of the coast style it's not it may not be Disney style, it may not be you know whoever that you're looking for you need to shop it and uh research it, find the right fit for you. So no, what yeah, about you? Two. What about you?
2: What would I you like to... to know? What would you like me to tell our listeners today?
1: Well, I have uh, to
2: tell you. Do they know about tunnel controls?
1: Well, no, they don't. That's just it. I want you to talk about that, but I want—I want to tell you something. You have okay. a lot of respect. A lot of respect in your community. Oh, uh, you, thank you. people see you as somebody who should be at the and they like it when you come and it's almost like it's not a real convention unless you're there. So, you know, that says to me that you have a lot of people who think a lot of you. Um, well, you know, I
2: helped, I helped start <laughs> Leprechaun.
1: Yeah, you know. Uh,
2: I was there at the beginning.
1: I heard that. So tell tell us a story about Leprechaun because, you know, that's kind of what we're talking about.
2: <laughs> um. Way back in the 70s, uh, I was friends with a man named Terry Ballard, who was a science fiction fan, as was I. But Terry knew more about science fiction than I did, which was, you know, inconceivable. Uh, And uh, one evening, as we had gotten together for something or other, um, he said, why don't we do a, a science fiction convention in phoenix and i said uh, 'cause because it's a lot of work uh, he said oh we can do it and before you know it you know he, he started gathering up people and uh found out uh how much it would cost to get a hotel to sponsor us or let us have some function space and uh got this whole idea of having panels and and so on, and uh, I think, you know, the history says it was 1975. I can't remember exactly. I think it was earlier. But uh, 1975, uh, Leprechaun 1 happened at a Ramada Inn here in Phoenix, and uh, Terry and I and uh, a bunch of people who have mostly gaffeated or gone to that big convention in the sky uh, did the first Leprechaun. <laughs>
1: and so it was how many people? that came to
2: that one no one to 200 uh,
1: okay
2: yeah it wasn't all that small it was uh, it was not a giant convention by any means but um, even then I mean um, we had a science fiction community to draw upon Mm -hmm. back in the days before all you young fans uh, existed Uh, Terry and I started a regular Friday night meeting in Phoenix uh, that became known as The Inevitable. (laughs) And uh, everybody who was into uh, fandom or gaming of any sort got together at somebody's house to play games uh, on uh, Friday nights every week. Wow. We played Risk and Diplomacy and uh, Poker and uh, various other board games because role-playing games hadn't been invented yet. (laughs)
1: That's before D&D, huh?
2: It was before D&D. It was before my rebellion against D&D. There you go. (laughs) Because I distinctly recall trying it out on people, you know, uh, and and telling the room that uh, uh, people, the Carvers and uh, Bear Peters and others, that um, I had this great new game that they needed to try. I needed three or four volunteers to to come game with me, and um, that uh, since we could not call it Dungeons and Dragons, which had the, the world's best name for a, a role playing game, uh, I was going to call it Tunnels and Troglodytes.
0: Oh,
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and because they were in caves, right? Right. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, and uh, uh, after everybody quit laughing, uh, Rob Carver said, "Why don't you call it Tunnels and Trolls?" And we okay. did. Yeah.
1: That gave us. So, yeah, we, was,
2: we were we were game gaming game on, before D anD D, and we were uh, role playing before Leprechaun. Uh, there
1: you go.
2: That's- and uh, Carrie and I started Leprechaun.
1: Now that's you, sorry, we saw how much
2: head. fun it was to run one and we tried not to ever do it again. <laughs> uh although uh actually I got roped into being uh con chairman for Leprechaun number 5
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Yeah, I am quite uh, so Leprechaun
2: and there. I go way back.
1: <laughs> and and what about Capricorn? Have you been involved with them at all?
2: Uh, I was a guest of honor for a CopperCon once, and I've gone to most of them. Uh, I actually served on the committee for last year's CopperCon. Oh. Uh, the gaming committee, actually, to try to get some gaming going on, because there wasn't much the year before.
1: Yeah, I know about that one. Uh,
2: but CopperCon spun out of uh, CASFIS,
1: mm-hmm.
2: the Central Arizona Science Fiction Society. And CASFIS spun out of the Friday Night Inevitable. <laughs> and CASFIS was entirely too organized for me. Uh, I served chaos mostly. Ah. So uh, I, I've never really had very much to do with Con except to go and uh, have a good time.
1: Mm, well, that sounds good. Yeah, I, I That's my preference to for Popcorn science fiction
2: conventions. Anyway, I go to hang out with my friends and have a good time and uh play some games and uh uh admire the hall costumes and uh, uh share my uh vast science fictional erudition with anybody foolish enough to listen.
1: <laughs> so I heard that you're researching or you you're trying to have another new uprising for your gaming. Your troll zone Um it,
2: it's true. Tunnels and trolls I mm-hmm. uh, did a Kickstarter at the beginning of this year in which we tried to raise $25,000 to do a new uh, deluxe edition of the game uh, because the old editions are all out of print. Uh-huh. And uh, we put it on Kickstarter and uh, I did a video for it that can be seen on YouTube. If you look me up, it's... Um, uh, Quite homely and uh, and uh, and frightening, actually. But uh, there I am, <laughs> uh, uh, in, in all my glory, not telling people why Tunnels and Trolls is the world's best role-playing game and why they should support my Kickstarter uh, program. And something and- like sixteen hundred people actually bought in and did support it. We raised one hundred and twenty-five thousand instead of twenty-five thousand.
0: <laughs> Just amazing,
2: and uh, me and my compatriots are hard at work producing the best edition of Tunnels and Trolls ever.
1: And yeah, now you got enough, definitely the money. Yeah. Yeah. You know, this is something I'm noticing with Kickstarter is that it was, uh, you know, a lot of people were funding a lot of, you know, short works as far as movies and, and uh, you know, video. But now they seem to be Gravitating to putting more money into all uh, the gaming so uh i don't I don't know any gaming gaming uh kickstarters that haven't been supported more than hundred percent of their asking price. I know some you know some huh? um,
2: uh, yeah, and it's because I believe uh the ones that have failed went down because the people doing the kickstarter did not do adequate um presentation to their uh, potential fans on the internet. Wow. They just said we're going to do a wonderful uh new game here or a wonderful old game is going to be redone and we'd like you to support us. Um, we pulled out all the stops. We did um a video that's, you know, almost 20 minutes long. Um uh, talking about the game, you know. I hired a cameraman and uh, and did a uh, personal speech that lasted uh, about five minutes. Uh, Liz Danforth, minor goddess of illustration that she is, uh, also had a long talk. Um, We offered a ton of stuff uh, for, uh, what's it called? Uh, Something to get people to... Uh, buy into the project, extra goodies. Mm -hmm. And, um, for example, um, someone in England was trying to do a revised, super better version of the old computer game Elite. Failed. Uh, I'm thinking about 50% uh, of gaming Kickstarter projects do fail because either they're not in tune with what the public wants or they don't present it adequately.
1: Well, yeah, it does matter. It depends on what they're giving away too. So you can't just, you know, part a kick-cutter and say, "Give me money." They got they have some kind of plan to, it's just they're gonna get out of it.
2: Yeah, the whole yeah. idea of giving people extra collectible incentives for supporting Kickstarter is brilliant. A, it makes the, the design team uh, work harder, but it's also more fun. It gets them out of just the, the grind of designing the game. Uh, they also get to be like media designers.
1: Mhm. Yeah. Uh,
2: TNT gave away tattoos, magnets, uh, postcards, T-shirts, uh, and allowed people to actually name corners of the world and have themselves written into the rules.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, I saw that with uh, with Todd's world too as well. His uh, ragged man. He uh, and uh, that's actually just got printed because I printed for him. Uh, so he's it's ready to go. But yeah, he he had us uh, name some gypsies. <laughs> yeah, fun stuff like that. It makes you kind of gives you part ownership, you know.
2: It does. Uh, it helps people feel like co-creators, I think. Yeah. Uh, and for something like role-playing, they are. Yeah. Uh, the players are just as important as the game designers, uh, the game masters, and everyone else involved. No players, no game. Uh, <laughs> the, the players create the world and they they make it interesting for everyone else.
1: Yeah, and role playing—you are kind of creating characters anyway, so it's uh, it's definitely a good part of that, and and it's smart for them to be able to incorporate uh, some owner, you know, power ownership with that, so they feel like they're a part of it, and they put more money into it, and that's good. They can do more, uh, and and I think that's what he did. He wound up saying, "Okay, if if we reach this level." We can do this much more stuff if we reach this other level we can do even more cool stuff and you'll get That's expanded right. you know expanded version of the book so you know it's a whole new uh an out, you know added levels and and added you know more gypsies and and more characters and so um he's got two books out you know one regular and one expanded version.
2: Uh, well, it becomes a win-win situation. Uh,
1: yeah,
2: yeah. The more people buy into the project on Kickstarter, if it's done right, uh, the better it becomes for everyone.
1: Exactly. Exactly. So, so I think that's yeah.
2: why so it's the We did a very successful Kickstarter. We should have the final product out in time for Gen Con in August. I'd like to be out for in June, but it's not going to happen um, because uh, the editorial work and the illustrative work that uh, that Liz and Steve Crompton are doing uh, will be uh, take much more time than just writing the rules.
1: Right, right. Yeah, yeah it's 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 more than just writing. You know, it's such, it's different than writing a book. Yes, you create the world, but there. And you do know what the rules are, but writing them out and having them all coordinate together in a in a role-playing game is completely different, much more detailed. Gaming
2: has reached the point where it can't just, you know, um, sound good or read good. It has to look good.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh,
2: it has to engage people's imaginations uh, in more than one way.
1: Very good point. I mean, they've got to be able to become those characters when they're playing the game. Is that uh, that? You know, how you see it? People like to become the characters that they're playing during the game?
2: It depends on the person. Some people like to really get into their characters. Other people never master that at all. Some people like to just really make up weird characters or uh, <laughs> strange monsters or so on. Uh, they really get into the creative part of it, and uh they might not be able to role play worth a darn, but you know uh Barney the bone in the nose dwarf uh when he's fully described and uh, uh, in an adventure is one of the strangest guys or most entertaining uh characters you're likely to ever meet. tell
1: hmm. so you've got some great characters in this in this role play game that you've got coming up. Are you going to do a big grand opening kind of thing? Uh, maybe a uh, a launch.
2: I don't know. We don't have a store or any place to really do a grand opening. The in- the opening sort of comes through the internet. Uh, people who will get the most benefit out of it will be the members of the Tunnelton Trolls fan club, uh, which you can find at trollhalla.com. dot com. Awesome on the web, but. Um, uh, any gamer who likes great illustration will enjoy Liz Danforth's new work. Uh, people who like um, new system ideas might get some ideas from uh, the stuff that I write. Pendleton um, Controls has never gotten the distribution of something like Dungeons & Dragons. You can't buy it in every game store in the country. Excuse me. <coughs>
1: Yeah, that's the hard part, you know, of getting distribution. But it's just, you know, same way with books.
2: is the hard part. So, I mean, you really have to be in the know mm-hmm. uh, to under, to get the benefit out of the smaller role playing games out there. Um, the true gamers know about such classics as Old oh, Mutants and Masterminds or Savage Worlds, but try to find it in Toys R Us (laughs) Uh, or Walmart or uh, Target or someplace. It just isn't there.
1: Yeah, I I wouldn't put it in Walmart anyway, so uh, Mm -hmm. their markup is way too steep for anybody to be dealing with.
2: So my game, TNT, will have, you know, whatever impact it has probably through the Internet.
1: Which is a you know, that's probably, uh, probably a good thing. It's uh, yeah, more universal. No. Or international. No, big
2: stores that uh, that everybody can walk into are more universal. <laughs> uh, I, I should be a millionaire, you know, if T and T got the distribution that Dungeons and Dragons gets. Yeah. <sighs> instead of, you know, a lower-middle-class, struggling uh, game designer writer. (laughs) After all, it's been out there since 1975. Right. It's been continuously available since 1975. In fact, Tunnel Controls was the second published role-playing game in the country, and the first one to actually be copyrighted. Ah. Uh, Wow. That's kind of funny. Uh, But uh, when uh, Mr. Gygax and Mr. Arneson did their first edition in the basement of uh, Ernie's Garage, uh, they did not know uh, about copyright law. Mm -hmm. So they just published it, put it out in a box and started selling it. Um, When I did mine... Uh, about six months later, uh, I was already a librarian uh, and a would-be author, and I knew all about copyright law, and I was made a, a point of putting a copyright notice on it and sending copies to the Library of Congress along with my fee to uh, make sure it was registered. So uh, that happened before uh, any revised version of Dungeons & Dragons got out, which gives me the singular honor of being the first copyrighted role-playing game uh, in the U.S.
1: Well, that's some kind of distinction.
2: <laughs> I have a lot of those. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> distinctions that nobody would ever know about. <laughs> now,
1: that's probably why you're, you're considered Mr., Mr. Wise and Wonderful at the conventions, because you know about these things.
2: I, I thought I was considered Mr. Patsy. Here comes Ken. Let's get him into a game. He always loses.
1: <laughs>
2: uh, but So why,
1: why do you like gaming then?
2: Why do I like gaming? I don't know. I've always liked gaming. Yeah, it's part of my personality. Um, I have an escapist personality. I'd rather be in another world. Uh, I discovered... Uh, Uh, Edgar Rice Burroughs and uh, Tarzan, uh, when I was still uh, in the seventh grade. Mm And um, the librarians taught me about science fiction before I got out of grade school. And um, it just became my favorite sort of thing to read. And when I began writing it, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to be a science fiction or a fantasy writer. I like the authors that I like the best.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: And uh, in the 50s and 60s when I was growing up, that was pretty weird and far out there, you know, but the culture has changed around it so that it's uh, mainstream
1: now. Yeah. Yeah, that's good and bad. That's good and bad because it's too many people doing it. It's not quite so unique.
2: No, we might as well all be mystery fans or something.
1: Uh,
2: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, everything has its fandom. Yeah.
1: yeah. But
2: uh, science fiction fandom has certainly uh, expanded a lot, and so has gaming fandom.
1: Oh, yes. That's definitely true. Definitely true. So what are you looking forward to at at the Leprechaun? you know there's
2: several things going on. I've got uh five different panels, one on Friday about book reviews and uh two on saturday uh, um, about uh,
1: uh, creating
2: better games um mm-hmm.
1: which uh, I figured you know something on a break about break
2: into gaming and world building uh mm-hmm. on Sunday, I've got one on monster building, and also we look into the future on Sunday it's about what's next in gaming. I have to. Uh, sort of look into the crystal ball and see where gaming is going. Uh, it won't stay where it is.
1: No, for, never uh, does.
2: For, uh, too much longer. Excuse me, I'm going to have to cough, to, have to cough again. Okay. And And, uh, oh, there's a science fiction film thing on Thursday night that I intend to go to.
1: Yeah, we have a Mystery
2: little... Dinner Theater on Saturday night that I paid big bucks to attend. <laughs> so, so yeah. this looks like a more active and busy leprechaun than any I've gone to for a long time. Well, good. Plus, you know, I hope to meet a lot of people there at the con and say hi and uh, see my old friends and make some new ones.
1: Well, that's the idea. That's the idea. And speaking of an old friend, uh, Jack Mangan is on the phone. Or he's on Skype. He's ready to queue in. You know Jack Mangan from the convention?
2: Jack's an old friend of mine, you know. uh, And uh, probably more in tune with what's happening technologically these days than I am. So uh, I'll be glad to let him take over the uh, radio here.
1: There we go. See if I can get him in and say hi. Should I stay on the
2: phone or should I go?
1: Uh, he's, um uh, hang on, uh, people. Can I say hi?
2: Hey, Jack, if oh. you can hear me. Hi, hope you're doing well.
1: Let's see if he's there, Jack. Are you there? Since we're connected... And add them to the group. Um